The following episode of Annals on Call is brought to you by Annals of Internal Medicine. For more episodes and links to CME and MOC, visit go.annals.org slash oncall. Participant statements on this podcast reflect the views of the participants and not necessarily those of the Journal or the American College of Physicians, unless so identified. There are some rare side effects that are directly related to the amount of time that you're on the bisphosphonate. The top of our list in terms of what we care about are atypical femoral fractures. Welcome to Annals on Call, a podcast based upon articles from the Annals of Internal Medicine in which we discuss the implications of the article for you, the listener. This is Dr. Bob Centaur. I'm Professor Emeritus at the University of Alabama at Birmingham and former chair of the Board of Regents for the American College of Physicians. This episode of Annals on Call features an article titled Comparative Fracture Risk During Osteoporosis Drug Holidays After Long-Term Residronate versus Alendronate Therapy. Our guest is Kayleen Hayes, who is the first author of this paper. Kaylee is an assistant professor at the Brown University School of Public Health and a pharmacist by training. She works on pharmacoepidemiological studies that help try to address clinical questions that cannot be addressed by randomized controlled trials. We hope you learn much from this podcast. Well, Kaylee, thank you so much for joining the podcast. This is a really interesting study because it impacts a problem that many primary care physicians have, and that is bisphosphonate holidays. So maybe we could start by having you explain why you and your co-authors decided to do this study. Sure. Well, thanks for having me, Bob. It's great to be here. So, you know, we've kind of had this question for a long time of what to do um, with this bisphosphonate drug holiday and whether all drug holidays are created equal. There are different types of bisphosphonate drugs, and I was studying in Canada at the time, and actually the practice patterns uh, in terms of what drugs were prescribed were a little bit different. And because of that, we really had a great opportunity to examine different types of bisphosphonate drug holidays, and we wanted to really understand if they're all kind of created equal in terms of how much fracture protection you get during a drug holiday. Having read the study, I know there are two drugs, and since I mostly do inpatient now, I'm not prescribing these drugs. I try to keep up with them, but maybe you could describe the two drugs, the differences, and then talk about what the hypothesis was in the study. Absolutely. So we have, you know, there are lots of different um, bisphosphonates, but the ones that are typically considered first-line therapy in, in Canada, where I did the study, are alendronate, brand name Fosamax, and then resedronate, brand name Actinel. And these drugs work very similarly. They're anti-resorptive therapies that really help to prevent the breakdown of the bone that's happening in osteoporosis and prevent fractures. The drugs work um, very similar, like I said, but they do have some different pharmacokinetic properties. And, you know, there were some studies in the early 2000s that 
based on pharmacokinetic studies that showed that resedrine actually starts working on bone turnover a little faster, there was a thought that maybe resedronate's anti-fracture protection kicks in a little bit earlier than alendronate, which actually, based on their properties, uh, starts to work maybe a little bit later. But actually, those studies showed that there wasn't kind of any difference between the drugs and their onset effects in protecting patients from fractures. But there's also a difference between the true drugs in terms of how long they actually kind of stay to the bone. What's really interesting about bisphosphonates is versus a lot of other drugs, which, you know, immediately stop working, you know, within a few weeks after you stop taking them, bisphosphonates really kind of cling to the bone. They bind to hydroxyapatite in the bone, and they continue to actually affect bone turnover for a while after you stop, um, which is kind of part of the rationale of drug holidays. You've been on the drug for a while, you've built up kind of a reserve, and it will protect you from osteoporotic fractures for a while um, while you kind of take a pause from the drug. But there's actually differences in how long the drugs stay kind of attached to the bone. So resedronate, actually, um, there's some evidence that it kind of, you know, leaves the bone faster. There's also less because of how the drug kind of um, works. It just kind of doesn't build up as much as alendronate. And there's always kind of been this thought, at least amongst osteoporosis researchers, that it might not kind of protect against fractures for as long as alendronate because it doesn't really stay in the body as long and can't really build up as much. So our hypothesis was that, you know, if you take kind of two people who have both taken these drugs for the same amount of time and undergo a drug holiday that, you know, they're both going to have some anti-fracture protection for a while, but our hypothesis was that that fracture protection might be shorter for those people who have taken resedronate versus those who took alendronate. So just for people who haven't thought about it a lot, what is the concept of the bisphosphonate holiday? Why is it important? How long does it usually last? Because that was one of the unique things about the study is you had people who were taking the drug holiday, but why do they take that? That's a great question. So, you know, in, in the 90s and, and you know, uh, pretty much until like, you know, early 90s, mid 90s, the only drugs we had for osteoporosis were um, essentially like hormone therapies and these bisphosphonates, you know, alendronate and, and actinel and a few others that later came on the market really changed the game. And everyone was really excited. They showed great anti-fracture protection and they're very, um, they're relatively tolerable um, for patients. And so, you know, patients started these relatively early once they first had signs of osteoporosis and they were staying on these drugs for years and years and years and, and, you know, sometimes multiple decades, you know, we eventually started to see is there are some rare side effects that are directly related to the amount of time that you're on the bisphosphonate. And the one that we, um, that kind of is the, the top of our list in terms of what we care about are our typical femoral fractures. And because of the way bisphosphonates work, they really strengthen the bone, but there's a hypothesis that if you take them for too long continuously, the bone basically doesn't kind of have any give. And there are kind of some very rare, you know, we're talking one you know, per 100,000 patient years to 20 per 100,000 patient years rear side effects um, of atypical fractures where there couldn't actually be a fracture kind of in a place that's not typical, but it's, it's somewhat closer to the hip. So that's kind of what we're, what we started to be worried about. There were also some concerns with osteonecrosis of the jaw, which is more rare, but is still a concern. And then um, there were some concerns with atrial fibrillation that have kind of since 
been addressed as as perhaps like not really causally related to bisphosphonates. So, you know, there's kind of this thought that you're on these drugs for a while, they stay in your body, they protect you for a while, you know, why not take a bit of a pause if you still get some fracture protection. And so the extension of the original trial for alendronate basically took everyone who had taken the drug for five years, assigned randomly half of them to stop the drug for five years and half to take for another five years and essentially found no major differences overall between the groups in in um, non-vertebral fractures, so hip fractures. And this was kind of the rationale that you would still have fracture protection and you would perhaps be protected from these um, rare side effects if you took a little break from the drug. And what we've also seen with some of the great data that's um, coming out of California is that it seems like after one to two years of a drug holiday, your risk for these atypical femoral fractures just absolutely plummets. So, you know, one to two years is kind of what we're starting to see as the real duration of a drug holiday that's reasonable. I think that's take home point number one, someone, uh, and I think we probably use more alendronate uh, here in the States. Mm -hmm. If you're on a lendronate, maybe four years, take a, take a one or two years off and then restart for another four years, then take one or two years off. And that way you get your protection and decrease the risks. So you talk about the, uh, in Canada, there, there's actually a lot of lendronate and it's re residronate, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And tell us about the data set and how you were able to use this to address that question about whether there's still fracture protection. Right. So as you kind of mentioned in, in the U.S., you know, alendronate really kind of um, kind of dominates the game. It's, you know, 80 to 90 percent of all, all bisphos oral bisphosphonate use is, is alendronate. But, um, you know, in some of my earlier studies, I, we looked at kind of, OK, so what drugs are people even using in, in specifically in Ontario and Canada? And we used um, Ontario has a universal health care system. So for all residents of Ontario, we have their health care utilization in terms of their hospitalizations their outpatient physician visits demographics. And then for those over 65 years of age, we have large healthcare databases that somewhat analogous to um, Medicare Part D, we have information on their, on their um, drug use, which is covered for those over age 65. So essentially you have these large databases, we linked them together and then we explored and we found that, you know, there was uh, actually a remarkable almost 50-50 split over the last 20 years in terms of patients being prescribed either alendronate or resedronate, which is really useful for me as a researcher in terms of just knowing there's enough people on both drugs to directly compare them. So that, that was part of kind of the impetus to use this data to answer this question. And then you used a technique that it seems like at least every two or three months, one of the articles that I discuss uses uh, propensity matching. <laughs> um, I'm really, I really like it because it allows us to, to study things that we don't have the money to do a randomized control trial for. So why don't you explain what the propensity matching was in this and just describe it briefly. I promise propensity matching is not as scary as it sounds. I, I you know, I'm a, I'm a pharmacist by training and for many years I read papers that did this and didn't necessarily understand what was going on. But propensity matching is really just taking, measuring kind of everything we know about a patient from their demographics to the year they started a drug, to their clinical characteristics, whatever we're able to measure within the data we have, whether that's their diagnostic codes or in some different types of data sets, we have more detailed data on lab values values and things like that. But in this data set, we had information on all their diagnoses and healthcare utilization and drug use or medication use. And we basically take all of that. And for every single person, we just come up with a probability 
of your likelihood of basically getting prescribed resedronate versus alendronate if you're starting a bisphosphonate. So basically based on kind of where you are and um, clinically and in time and place, you know, what are your, what's your probability of getting this drug versus the other? And then we find two people that have, you know, the same probability, but happen to kind of get different drugs. And that's kind of mimicking. So it's obviously not as perfect as randomized trial, but it kind of mimics randomization because they both have the same probability based on our data of getting the drug and we kind of matched them together. So we found 50,000 people, you know, about 25,000 in each group that had the same score and matched them together to create kind of this mat propensity score match cohort. So you ended up with about 50,000. How many did you start with uh, when you first were trying to do the matching? So we started with about 60,000 total patients who had what we, what we called long-term bisphosphonate exposure. You were able to match the great majority of them. Yeah, so the majority and the ones that we didn't match were either extremely sick, you know, in, in a, you know, in long term care nursing homes, or basically, um, we also wanted to make sure we matched on kind of time that they started the drug. And there were some time trends where earlier there was more alendronate use and later there was a little more resedronate use. But we know that osteoporosis care has changed so much. We really wanted to make sure they kind of were being treated at the same time. And that was the main reason why people weren't matched was just the calendar year that they started the drug. So the large majority were matched. So, so now that we have this data set and we have all the information, tell us the results. What we did is then we found people who are starting a drug holiday and we followed them for up to three years, which is really kind of what we considered the maximum true kind of drug holiday in terms of an intentional pause from the drug. And we followed them up for hip fracture um, as our primary outcome. And we followed them for, we also captured other types of fractures that were captured through hospitalizations and, and you know outpatient physician visits. And what we found was that the overall risk of hip fracture was quite low. It was about um, 11 per thousand patient years hip fractures, or, or it was kind of around 3.3% total um, once we accounted for people who, who passed away or were lost to follow-up. So the overall uh, hip fracture risk was quite low. However, we did find a significantly increased risk of hip fracture after two years of a drug holiday within the resedronate group. So we did a lot of analyses in terms of trying to examine in time off therapy and how that affected the differential risk between people on a drug holiday with resedronate versus alendronate. And we found that there was about a 20% relative increased risk of hip fracture after two years of a drug holiday for those who were on resedronate versus alendronate. And in terms of actual kind of absolute numbers, this was about um, a difference of two hip fractures per thousand patient years. So again, it's, it's relatively a 20% increase, but the absolute risk was, was still quite small but it was statistically significant. What that tells us, for those of us who are going to use Lendronate, a two-year drug holiday is pretty darn safe, and then restart uh, because of the, the previous studies that you had mentioned, plus this study. If we're going to use Resedronate, then we're going to have to think about two, two years is fine, but not more than two years. What do you think the overall implications are for practicing physicians? So if, if I'm going to go talk to uh, my primary care physicians that, that I work with and they want to know, what did I learn from this podcast? 
what I always like to start with um, is that, you know, I'm not saying to recommend one drug over the other because, you know, there are there are some difference or differences in formulations for some of the drugs and, you know, bisphosphonates, we know um, sometimes, um, you know, patient adherence um, is not always, you know, the highest. So the best drug when you're, is the drug that, you know, a patient feels comfortable and, and feels like they've kind of had a say in which one they're being prescribed. So if resedronate is the drug that a patient wants to take, um, that's the most important thing. It's just that the drug holiday, two years is kind of that cutoff where maybe it's it's really kind of the maximum drug holiday we would want to consider for someone on resedronate in terms of like understanding that they're just not going to have the same amount of fracture protection after two years off therapy. So really it's time to kind of maybe return to therapy or at least consider it after two years maximum. First, I have to thank you for, for publishing this study because I think it's, it's such a classic problem for uh, primary care physicians to understand the reason for bisphosphonate holiday, but also to understand the length for the bisphosphonate holiday. And I, I love the way that uh, you pointed out that both drugs work really well, but if you're on residronate, you clearly should limit the drug holiday to two years uh, if you want to decrease fractures down the road, albeit a small number. And, and it was so nice for you to give us the absolute difference in addition to the relative dif difference, which too many articles don't do. So thank you so much for uh, joining us on the podcast. I think that this is really educational. Uh, I learned a lot by reading your paper and by listening to you. Thank you so much, Bob. It's been a pleasure. Now it's time for Bob's Pearls. The first important message from this study is that there's a good reason for bisphosphonate holidays. Patients who continue on bisphosphonates have more atypical femoral fractures. They also are at risk for jaw osteonecrosis, although we don't have as good data on that complication. Most studies suggest taking a holiday at four years uh, they are not specific about uh, the duration of the drug holiday. What this study shows is that for both alendronate and residronate, for the next two years, the patients are still fairly well protected against osteoporosis fractures. After two years, there's a slight increase with residronate because it has a shorter attachment to bone. Therefore, we probably should have drug holidays after four years lasting approximately one to two years. We hope you've learned something about bisphosphonates from uh, this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more episodes of Annals on Call and links to CME and MOC, visit go.annals.org slash on call. Participant statements on this podcast reflect the views of the participants and not necessarily those of the journal or the American College of Physicians, unless so identified. The information contained in the podcast should never be used as a substitute for clinical judgment.